recorded live from Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles in West Bend, Wisconsin. You're listening to Under the Cowl. to another episode of Under the Cowl. I'm David Lloyd, co-owner of Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles in West Bend, Wisconsin, and your host for this very podcast. This podcast uh, is uh, this is a Pizza Wednesday podcast, and it's just me and Anthony sitting in the shop uh, later in the day after most of the customers have uh, kind of been in and been gone, and... Uh, we're talking. Uh, we're talking about the pizza that we're eating. <laughs> we also discuss some various other things, uh, characters like Swamp Thing. Uh, we have some discussion about uh, what happens when a wild animal gets into your car. Uh, we talk about some of the recent live action, <laughs> quote unquote, Disney remakes, and uh, a lot of other things. So just hanging out in the shop and talking about whatever comes to mind. Here we go. Large sausage on you. Welcome back, Rod. Oh. <laughs> the Rodney stepped in for a second. See, this tie-dyed Silver Surfer shirt is perfect for eating pizza. Because if you drop something on it, it kind of blends in. And uh, the sausage that's on here is uh, going to have a sausage drop. <laughs> Mine were falling off in the box. That's okay though. It, it is Ethan's uh, week to come in and clean. Perfect. You got a different crust. So I gotta say, this crust isn't all that thick. Yeah, it's. <clears throat> Maybe you should get it well done, because then they. I don't know. Would have risen a little bit more? Yeah, that was. What they call that the hand tossed one? A lot of times when I hear hand tossed, I just think thin crust. Or, you know, at least between a thin and a, and a thick. In Brooklyn, when I hear that, I expect, even though I like what I have, and it is foldable, I just picture like a square brick oven type of, like, that's what I, that's what I think of when I hear Brooklyn style pizza. Yeah. But maybe that's not even that's what it is. <laughs> are you uh, typically a pizza folder, or are you just doing it because that's, the style. I thought I had to, like it was the legal requirement. Uh, <clears throat> I'll do it if it naturally happens that way. Someone trying to eat that, you know, it just happened to uh, be easier without. Because this is, it's a pretty flimsy. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this one, yeah, it's, it's, it lives up to the name. Or not to the name, but to the description. So I don't know. If Brooklyn pizza is just super thin. Maybe because if you're on the go in Brooklyn, you just need something to like fold and put into your pocket. If you're not sitting down, you know, people are always busy and they're walking fast. And So apparently that pizza is different. <clears throat> uh, 
Chicago style pizza is different. Are there any other places where pizza is different than normal pizza? So I don't think people come up here mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, to the, the Milwaukee area. Like, I need a yeah, I'm going to get a Milwaukee pizza. Yeah, I think just New York and Chicago. So I don't hear anybody talk about L.A. pizza as a term. Unless the, all the offers for extra cheese is like with a staff. There you go, yeah. And nobody's got like a special uh, Texas-style pizza. Which I could see that being a fan. Like I'd oh, imagine yeah. that as being like a, you know, maybe a brick oven type thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely some fire going on. Like an extra large pizza. Comes in the shape of a horseshoe. Lots of meat on it. Now, would Mexican-style pizza be a... Or is that just... I'm not sure, but I'm thinking Mexican-style pizza isn't really a Mexican thing. It's just pizza with Mexican-type... It's probably Mexican, like Taco Bell is a Mexican restaurant. Yeah. Sometimes if I go through my... Photo roll here, I'll be able to see uh, if there's any stories to bring up, any reminders of anything. Well, this was interesting. I saw this uh, this morning at work, um, just sitting there in one of the offices. <laughs> Butt bucket, which I later, it took me about, you know, half a day until I realized that might be for cigarette butts. And yet it uh, seems to be full of Powerade? Uh, there's one Powerade in there. But yeah, it's uh, when I first saw it, I had. So, like, hey, this Powerade tastes like ass. <laughs> oh, throw in the butt bucket. <laughs> yeah, I got another one for the butt bucket. Mary Jane's face slapped onto mine. Face of Tiger. You probably just went bankrupt. Yes. <laughs> I don't think I had this the last time. Maybe you just saw it in uh, Surfing the Web, but the. A new image of Swamp Thing for the upcoming DC Universe streaming service. Which well, actually, I don't. I think that's the first time I've I've seen what uh, what he really actually looks like. Yeah, in the first trailer, don't see you know in a little teaser you saw him in a very darkened image, just kind of pop up out of the water a little bit. And uh, this is the first like full clear shot that we've seen. And maybe by the time this airs, I probably would have already seen episode one, which was amazing. Loved it. Yeah, actually, uh, we're doing two episodes today because the other one when I stopped and I'm like, you know, this is long enough to be its own episode. I just restarted this new episode. And I was wrong on the episodes because now this would be 17. I knew when I said the episode number on what would now be the last episode that it seemed like there should be more episodes in there. And uh, I think it's because one from Saturday you recorded on your on your laptop. I haven't put it on my computer yet, so I didn't have that number in there. And then, yeah, again, there's like two different D&D sessions. Each one will probably be broken up into like at least two episodes just keep cranking them all recording for a couple hours breaking them 
in half. There's probably a couple episodes already posted that run about twice as long as what they initially were intended to run. I think we kind of talked about doing about an hour. But when you're doing something where it's mm-hmm. like you're just recording and whatever you get, you get. You know, it's, it's not really timed. So maybe I would have already seen episode two of Swamp Thing. Maybe. <laughs> Which was amazing. I loved it. So good, especially after that first episode, which I can now talk spoilers for, where this guy, Alec Holland, was in this explosion, and he, like, went into the swamp, and then he, like, came out of the swamp, and he was this, like, unrecognizable thing from the swamp. (laughs) You you can just uh, describe what happens on the first couple episodes of the Swamp Thing TV series. Well, yeah, I'm trying to think. Well, it was yeah, the what, '90s? I just don't know what year. Would have been early, earlier '90s, I would imagine. How many seasons did that run? Was it? What was it? Maybe at least two. At least two, if not three, at the most. I don't think any more than three, but at least two. I've got the sets, but I. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to say it ran set. longer than what I actually would have thought it would have lasted. That's and nothing against Swamp Thing, but at, at the time, a lot of sh- shows that would have been like that, you wouldn't have expected to have uh, a very long, uh, long life. Yeah, a pretty strong decade there from, you know, like mid to late 80s to mid 90s-ish with uh, two feature films, at least two seasons of a television show, an animated series. Which I've never seen the animated series. But uh, yeah, I had a couple of the figures. I think I, I think yes, I think I had two figures, one of which I don't have any idea what happened to it. And, well, I do have an idea of what might have happened to it, but I don't know for sure what happened to it. And then the other one I, is one of those things where I decided to sell it in the store, and we, uh, we Michael, yeah, picked that up. And then I solved the issue of squeezing the legs that had the... Because I know they are kind of messing around with it for a while. Then I just walked right up to it and squeezed the legs in it. I don't know if it did like a hammer chop or something. Or, um, or it has no, a... No, that one had the extendable uh, yeah, hand yeah, yeah. that came out on a string. See... Just the they, other 95% of toys when you squeeze the legs. Right. Well, they had, they had the same type chop. of powers as the superpowers <laughs> collection. Um, they were based off that, and I don't, I don't believe there was a Swamp Thing Superpowers collect, uh, collection uh, figure, but it was made by Kenner, just like they were. It was the same size and everything. It was made very similarly to to it, um, <clears throat> and it looked like it easily could have been a, a comic book based figure. Not, I mean, it didn't look super cartoony. <clears throat> anything like that so it could have been it could just as easily have been based on the tv show the live action show as the cartoon so there's one that glows in the dark and i noticed that once i uh, had it on my swamp thing shelf and then turned off the light to watch a movie or something and then my swamp thing shelf was growing because i think there's a pop that glows in the dark 
I got a Ghostbuster thing that glows in the dark, so like a bunch of things just like lit up that I wasn't expecting that glow things. Yeah, bunch of glow things. You put the rest in the fridge. You given up already? Well, not given up. I looked at it because I'm like, well, if I'd grab one more, I'd leave two for tomorrow. And I think I'd be disappointed if I just had two set aside. So I'm telling myself, you know, I'll at least give my give my lunch three of them for tomorrow. And then I'll be not that that's going to fill me up, but it would be less disappointing than just having two. Big decisions have to be made sometimes. Yeah, I'm digging this. I like it a lot. How's that compared to Pizza Hut all overall? Which one would you prefer? I think lately I've been preferring uh, the Domino's pizzas. Like I've said before, I think something happened with uh, Pizza Hut. For a long time, Pizza Hut was my favorite pizza. And I think it just it lost something. There's something... Lost that loving feeling? Yes, it's lost that loving feeling. All right, well, here's a good story uh, brought to you by uh, Katie, club member Katie. She shared this to our uh, private club page. If you are a Crimson Call club member, you get an exclusive club page invite. Um, From MSN.com, Katie, I'll lead with this. She goes, I thought that having a bird in my car was wild. But this is next level nature. Referring to when it was me and you in here and she yep. said goodbye and then she came back in. Yeah, it was like uh, last, was that like last summer or something? It was warm enough. She had um, the windows down. And it was shortly after she bought the car. It was a pretty new car. Yeah, yeah. So she had the windows down just a little bit, <clears throat> you know, and uh, she was in here. She went out. And uh, you and I were hanging out in the store, and then she comes back in and was kind of freaking out because a bird had flown into her car, and she was having difficulties getting it out. But she she got it out by the time we went out there, but not before it made uh, a bit of a mess. Yeah. <clears throat> Ironically enough, right above it says the dodo. I don't know if that's a... A news thing or something. But guy walks outside and finds a whole family of bears in his car. <clears throat> a whole family. Um, there was mama bear <laughs> and papa bear and little baby bear. <laughs> Chad Morris was in the middle of a relaxing vacation with his family in Gatlingburg, Tennessee. I uh, went there for a brother's wedding um, actually a little over seven years ago. They just celebrated their anniversary this at the time of this recording. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that's where we had uh, went through or stayed or whatever in the Smoky Mountains. Uh, his parents suddenly started screaming for him to come outside. He rushed outside their cabin to see what all the commotion was about and couldn't believe his eyes. There in the driveway was an entire family of bears, and it appeared they were trying to steal his car. Here's a photo for those of you here at the podcast recording, which is just David and I. And the bear is sticking its head out the window like a dog that you see all the time with the 
And basically just crawling all over it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So they're, like, getting into the car in a Dukes of Hazard style. <laughs> and which is very on brand because uh, I think it is Gatlinburg is where the Dukes of Hazard Museum is. I had one down there and uh, they had the General Lee parked in there and they had, like, all the merchandise over the years. And once in a while they have the cast in there for signings and appearances and stuff. And uh, growing up with the Duke boys on the TV... On the reruns of the TV, I should say. My brothers grew up with them on the TV. I grew up with their VHS tapes, and then when they went to uh, TNN, they had a huge run of uh, Duke's Duke's episodes. So yeah, it's very fitting that that's happening right in that area. Um, Morris said, uh, as soon as I saw them, they were walking up to my car, and three cubs hopped in. Morris told the Dodo, so apparently the Dodo is a news thing, which is ironic to Katie's comment of with the bird and everything, so. Right. Uh, the Bears were very aware of Morris and his parents watching from a safe di- distance, but didn't seem to care about their presence at all, and carried right on with their destruction of property and attempted car theft. Uh, they saw us standing around taking pictures, but they never bothered us. Finally, when the bear cubs realized the car wasn't going anywhere and they had uh, sufficiently explored the entire thing, they carefully climbed their way out of it and then attempted to commandeer uh, the other car parked in the driveway as well. Blah, blah, blah. So they were were just testing it out to see which one they liked better. Yeah, this one's too big. This one's a little too small. Yeah, this one's just right. (laughs) This one doesn't have a sunroof. This one's air conditioning's broken. So yeah, that's uh This one has claw marks all over the doors <laughs> and seats. See when bears go car shopping, they're like they they like to get that first scratch right out of the way. Yeah, I've uh seen some other things recently on bears getting into cars. Lately. Getting coffee? Is that the Jerry Jerry Seinfeld? Bears getting in cars getting coffee, Jerry Seinfeld? Don't know if they were getting coffee. Okay. Getting in cars. It's an epidemic? I've, I've seen pictures of the aftermath. Like they shoot up doors, things like that. So Now, it makes me wonder, is this a recent thing? Like, were older model cars bear-proof? And mm. now they're not. <laughs> yeah, when we were down there, <clears throat> did like a little park tour, which, like Jurassic Park style, basically. Um, except you're in your own vehicles, but you are driving basically in the wild and there is a path and there are some rangers and everything kind of walking around, but you know, it's all heavily signed talking about, you know, you're at your own risk of anything happening. And, and, uh, if they do have a bear sighting, you know, they usually have people radioed in and kind of get there that way they can kind of control the scenario and have everybody take pictures from a safe distance so we did that and then there was we got up there and there's a bunch of cars that were stopped in the on the path so we naturally stopped as well got out went up there and there was a baby bear that was up in the tree pretty high and uh everyone was everyone was taking pictures and then as it kind of like scooted down a little bit then the ranger just kind of had us back off you know another five or ten feet just still kept us there but uh um but yeah, it was it was an interesting experience, and 
I was driving a trailblazer with uh, my mother and my aunt. And uh, uh, I may have made a joke saying like, all right, if we're all out of the tower and everything and a bear starts running, you know, I'm going to book it. You know, I can't, you guys got to keep up, you know, so everyone for themselves. But uh, yeah, that would have been interesting. Well, as long as you don't have any uh, picnic baskets to... (laughs) for them to steal. Nah, I just had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in my pocket. I'm sure that would have been safe, though. So. And Was it with, like, honey roasted peanuts? <laughs> yep. And I had a Domino's Brooklyn-style pizza uh, folded up into my pocket because it's very easily... Easily? Easily. <laughs> <laughs> easily. You can easily put it in your pocket. It's like the sixth word I... Murdered, uh, I guess if you call it is a new podcast, though. That was the last episode that I, when I was trying to read the... Yeah, that was way back in the last episode. <laughs> I had uh, some good tunes as I was rolling back in here after getting the pizza on my iTunes shuffle. The uh, classic Wonder Woman 70s show mm-hmm. theme song popped up. So, And ironically, uh, Born on the Bayou, the song that opens up the return of Swamp Thing. So I had two excellent shuffles. Yeah, of course. Um, I've got to update the uh, the store's Spotify playlist, which mm. we haven't yeah. done. But we've got a few more movies that have come out. A lot of times we'll we'll have songs on there that were in, in movies. So now we can put that on there because it's a Swamp Thing related song. We got a few uh, songs to add on. For uh, Endgame. Dear Mr. Fantasy from Steve Winwood. That's the song that opens up the... Open up, opens up the film. <clears throat> you know, right when all you know, the characters died right in the first 30 seconds. All the remaining characters. We lost you know, half of them in Infinity War, but then the other half within 30 seconds. And it was just three hours of credits of all the Everybody who worked at all 22 movies, so that's why it was three hours. Well, there was a half-hour Stan Lee cameo, <laughs> cameo in there. Yeah, might might be his longest one. It was weird that it was just laying there. Though. Yes, Excelsior. This pizza fooled me a little bit, because it was a thinner crust, and I felt like I could eat a little bit more of it, but I probably could have stopped. Oh, I think I just dropped Ethan. the sausage. All right. That's two. I don't know where they went. Oh, there's one I kind of stuck on it. <laughs> and he's going to have to scrub that out of there. Let's see, should I bring the vacuum cleaner? Bring two. Fill it up. We got two movies I'm going to see uh, this weekend. Brand new coming out uh, the week of this recording. Um, the new Aladdin movie is one of them. I revisited the original uh, last night. It's been some time since I've uh, seen it, so I popped it in, and uh, I started remembering how much I played the Super Nintendo game of Aladdin. And I may have actually liked the Aladdin video game more than I liked the movie. I probably spent way more time with the with the game, but uh, I, I started to realize I think a lot of my nostalgic Aladdin memories came from playing the video game. Do you think this is going to be kind of a shot-for-shot remake also of the 
animated film? I think it'll have a, a decent amount, but I, I, I mean, some of them have been like, how different was say Beauty and the Beast? Beauty and Beast was pretty spot on. I think there was like maybe, I don't know if there was a new song or two. Like I saw that uh, with Erica, I think, and she was the huge Beauty and the Beast fan, and she. Uh, I was trying to remember too, like you know, if there was anything new, and um, like looking at the Lion King one, at least from footage we've seen so far, like that seems to be, yeah, really just um, they've replaced animation with computer animation, and yeah, that one just by the trailer alone looks like I hadn't rewatched the Aladdin trailer since seeing the the cartoon to kind of be like, oh, there's that moment recreated. Yeah, I'm sure there's. Some classic stuff, but... Will Smith will be like, all good little girls take off their clothes. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Is that like a rap lyric of his? <laughs> no, you haven't heard that. You know, that supposedly that was a line that the genie says in the original one. Um, that he did and, as and an outtake something... thing or something? Or... No, no. Um, <laughs> no, in various Disney films... <clears throat> And you can go online and look these up and come up, find them easily. Um, there's there's certain things that are supposed to be in various films, things that are said, things that were added into the artwork, um, and uh, stuff like that. And so there's one part in Aladdin where it's debated as to what the genie actually says. I'll, a lot of people think that he says something like uh, good little girls take off their clothes or something like that in, in there. So we'll see uh, if Will Smith is able to uh, recreate that, that line. <laughs> I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say that he probably won't. That's just a guess. I haven't seen the film yet, but he was talking, he was on Ellen and they had, he was talking about getting cast and getting the call for it that they wanted him to play then and his first reaction was saying no that he didn't want to touch that because you know, Robin Williams and perfection and blah 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 and then as he kind of sat with it for a while he he knew how like Robin brought a lot of his stand-up routine into the character of the genie and so like Will was thinking like well what can I bring like his his hip-hop Will Smith bringing his hip-hop into the character and kind of use that as kind of like a a launching point. So, because he does his, like, first, you know, non-rap singing, you know, in they had commented on that, that he hasn't really sang before, for the most part. I guess the... There's some... some so what you're saying is people don't <laughs> expect him to be able to do a good job with it, and he's setting out to... Uh, them correct to do a different job <laughs> uh compared to all of like the disney animated the toy story the lion king and this and frozen the big animated ones that are all coming out this year well, or well i guess their Aladdin's that i'll say this the the disney proper films not disney marvel disney star wars aladdin is probably the least I was looking forward to. I still want to see it just because it's what I do, but it's the least attachment I have to any of them. 
Whereas I know like the Lion King one, that's probably my favorite Disney film out of the animated, like classic original animated features. And seeing what they've given us so far in John Favreau and the the voice cast, old and new, being thrown into this, uh I think Seth Rogen and uh and uh Billy Eichner are a good Timon and Pumba choices. Like just when I heard all those and then you have uh what's his face? Uh John Oliver is uh Zazu? That's right, you never saw Lion King, right? I uh, I have not. I've I remember not that discussion the from the original. past. Um but yeah, I mean and then you got Beyonce's and there is Nala. I mean when you add Beyonce into a into a film, you know. It's definitely gonna put some butts in the seats additionally. Maybe even get some butts out of the seats. <laughs> is that right? I think. Maybe. Uh, let's see what kind of musical numbers they do. Uh, yeah, the the original, uh, it was just one of those things that, another one of those movies I always meant to watch and just never have. I was in fourth grade when that came out, maybe third, fourth. You probably were not in fourth grade. I probably was not in fourth grade. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember what year. When would that have been? I want to say it was 94. Yeah, so I would have been in uh, no grades at that point. Dropped out? Yeah, yeah, I was a uh, high school uh, dropout. After I finished my, uh, after I finished 12th grade, I was, I was done. I was not staying in high school. It's a bold move, but... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, once they get to that point where they're making you wear those weird gowns and stuff at the end, and everybody's yeah, tossing just... their hats around, it's like, what's what's the point? This yeah. is ridiculous. I'm I'm so done with this. Turn it in by that point. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll see see Aladdin just for the sake of seeing it, but uh, you know, to finally see a video game adaptation in the film. They're adapting the Super Nintendo game and making it a big feature film. So, so who's playing the uh, the parrot? Uh, this one I didn't I didn't recognize. It's not Gilbert Gottfried. No, yeah, they replaced him. He's actually a duck this time around. <laughs> a goose. <laughs> duck, duck, goose. It's one of them. Yeah, yeah. That's the one thing about Aladdin is that actually where I'm very cast heavy on Lion King, I'm very excited for all the choices. And then Aladdin, I really don't know many of them. Um, yeah, there's some people in there. Yeah, they yeah. got some people. But the uh, the one that I was excited, uh, Nassim Pedrad, who is a former SNL cast member, who maybe has had like some slight movie things like I don't even know him this might even this is definitely her biggest movie thing but she plays Jasmine's friend in this um which I'm just excited for her just because she's you know this is her first like actual movie 
from my knowledge, and then it gets to be, you know, a pretty prominent Disney Disney feature. So. Well, I haven't heard any controversial stuff about the casting, so um and, and the type movie it would be, um, you know, set in some made up country, I believe it wasn't like in a real place. Some made up kingdom in the Middle East somewhere. Um and I haven't heard anything about whitewashing characters. Yeah, I didn't hear stuff like that, so I assume that uh um Aladdin isn't played by like Tom Cruise and No. No. <laughs> <laughs> The other movie I'm seeing is uh, Brightburn, the quote-unquote evil Superman movie. That's kind of what they're calling it. Uh, James Gunn produced, his brothers and cousins wrote, and I don't know who directed it, but it's a James Gunn production. And uh, I'm pretty sure he was there for a good portion of it because he's out there on the press circuit and stuff too, uh, you know, reading old tweets and things like that. and. Uh, he's out there on the press circuit, which uh, makes me think that he's you know got a lot more than just being. Hey, I signed off on this, you know. But um, James Gunn uh, got his roots in horror films, and through uh, the uh, trauma films, and then he made his first feature film, Slither. If nobody has seen that, have you seen Slither? No, Slither is so entertaining. Like it's very. Uh, there are some CGI elements to it, but they wanted to get as much, you know, practical stuff in there and puppets and monsters and things like that. There was a couple things they would have to do, use puppets CGI. Puppets so, so like Muppets. Muppets, yeah. Um, oh, there's that, that's how I found out who James Gunn was. And uh, uh, all of his normal players are in there and uh, in Slither. And then... Uh, I've been so pumped up that once Brightburn was announced and found out it was through him that it kind of a return to the, the horror genre that he hasn't. They did Dawn of the Dead remake with Zack Snyder. Um, he wrote that. But uh, yeah, he did a couple Scooby-Doo movies in there. and Which which those are the ones that seem out of place. You're like, wait, Scooby-Doo? And that's something too that... Uh, People when he when Guardians One became Volume One became very uh, successful. People would kind of tweet at him and kind of joke about like, "Oh, good, now you don't have you know you're probably glad you don't have to do those Scooby Doo movies anymore, right?" Like, like saying that to him as if your buddies like being like, "Oh, thank God, you know." Whew. And James would honestly reply and just being like. Like, what do you mean? He's like, I love writing those movies. He's like, I met a lot of my current friends doing those films. Like, and you know, Linda Cardellini and Seth Green are as part of his close circle and everything like that. And, uh, but it is interesting, yeah, you know, that, you know, something that, you know, a hardcore James Gunn audience wouldn't necessarily be fans of that, you know, if I were just to stereotype it, you know, if they were just dark horror superhero whatever kind of fans um you know they were probably shocked too to find out like 
you did those stupid Scooby-Doo movies or something? Like, that's them saying that. Um, but yeah, he was very honest. He's like, again, made a lot of good friends and I'm sure he made a crap ton of money and doing movies like that opens the doors for more films. And It's too bad that they didn't do Scooby-Doo meets Batman and Robin or, you know. <laughs> that would have been great in live action. Now, what Batman would it be? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Would Robert Pattinson get that role, or would Ben Affleck come back for one more? Had they done it, you know, <laughs> back when he was doing those movies, I'd say, you know, Adam West. But yeah, yeah. Her old dog, Ratman. Ratman and Robin. There we go. Ratman and Robin. Robin. But yeah, Brightburn's coming out. I remember watching the trailer like last fall or whatever when we saw the first one, whatever that was. And I haven't watched much on it. Normally I'll dive in and you know watch all the clips and all the different trailers. But there's certain films, like going into a Marvel movie, I'll watch almost everything just because, A, I kind of know what I'm getting in the sense of like, it's a big comic book superhero film. When I watch Brightburn, I really don't know what's going down in it. I've had a couple people now assume that I would be really excited for Brightburn. (laughs) Because of a Superman angle? Um, Being a big Superman fan. And I cannot look at (laughs) it. And I don't have anything against the, the movie, but... I just I think that's sort of an odd way of looking at it. Like it's it would be a like a really <laughs> twisted take on on Superman. Yeah. Um, so that I mean it'd be pretty pretty far from that. Uh, not that it's supposed to be Superman. Just it's it's kind of like well, what if you took the Superman origin and everything and kind of flipped it around and he was this uh, uh, evil person, which I, I don't even know if that's accurate. I don't know if the character is necessarily evil or where they're actually going with it. But it's completely different than Superman as a character. Yeah. You know, powers, things like that, yes, it's you know Superman-like. Um, so yeah, it just... I, I don't <laughs> quite make that, you know, In my mind, that doesn't really equate to like being a Superman fan. To be like, I'm super excited for Brightburn because I'm a huge Superman fan. Um, I think I talked about it. That would be like if you were a really uh, big Green Lantern fan and you were super pumped up about the ring. (laughs) Okay, maybe that's probably different, but. Lord of the Rings. either talked about it on the last pod or whatever I feel like we had this conversation but when people assume that I like a lot of vampire stuff which is because fine because you're a Buffy fan because I love Buffy so then they would ask if I saw this vampire movie or that vampire movie and I'd just be like no I haven't they're like what I can't believe it and it's almost in that same way like right. if people yeah, are shocked yeah. that you aren't you know, going to run out to the theaters to see the the new Brightburn, because you're a Superman fan. And so, yeah, 
I like You're I can see that fan. she kills vampires. Now, if all those other vampire movies were about, you know, teenage slayers that is very comedy driven that have a, you know, a circle of friends that are, you know, all have different abilities and witches and werewolves and lions and tigers and Beyonce's um, or bears, bears and cars. Beyonce bears. Get coffee. (laughs) The Beyonce bears. Now, was it Berenstein or Beyonce? Well, there was, that... Uh, that was that movie Riding in Cars with Boys with Drew Bear Freeborn. Mm, there we so. go. <laughs> um, yeah, so I understand completely why, you, why you're reacting to the people that... <laughs> it's just an odd assumption, uh, in, in my opinion. <laughs> but there, there's actually a lot of things that people are surprised that I didn't like. I own a comic book store. I I must really want to rush right out and see every movie ever made that's related in any way to comic books. Um, Venom. You know, I still haven't seen Venom. And we have certain individuals who still ask me if I've seen Venom. But first of all, I've never been that big of a Venom fan in comic books. I have nothing against the character, but but then you take Spider-Man out of the equation. It's like, is that really Venom? And I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. It might turn out really well. Um, but uh, if it was a Spider-Man movie with Venom in it, I would be much more likely to go see it. There's, you know, there's other movies too that are based on comics that happen to be comics that I'm personally not reading or interested in. So so no, I'm not going to rush right out and see a movie that's roughly based on a comic book that isn't really, you know, in something that I yeah that I read. Uh, yeah, so it's just I think people just tend to make those large assumptions that you like comics, you must like this. I'm sure I probably do it to other people, but not that I can think of. I mean, I don't uh, walk up to somebody who really likes football and like, oh, you must be really excited about these shoes because (laughs) you like football. Yes. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to make. Yeah, yeah. I see where you're going with but, that. But um, how about somebody who uh, who likes food? Uh, a foodie, okay. maybe a food critic, or someone that goes around tries every burger in the city and the state, blah blah blah. And you go up to them, being like, "Hey, have you tried this fork?" Like. See the new fork that yeah. I got here? Like it's a looks pretty cool, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I know you and like if to they're eat. They're not excited about it. And it's like <laughs> what? But you like to eat? Yeah, yeah. I thought you thought you were a foodie, but I guess not. I suppose even certain foods, it's like you know, somebody who eats out a lot, but they eat certain types of foods. You wouldn't assume that you know somebody who eats a lot of burgers would be really super excited about the new 
Taco Bell opening up in town or something like that. It's just, yes, it's food. It's not the same kind of food. It's completely different. Or I suppose in the case of like Brightburn, it would be more like if I really love steak, somebody going, hey, did you see those new potatoes? <laughs> or, you know, it's like, wait, just because I like steak doesn't mean I like potatoes. I like it because it's meat and I'm a carnivore. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to think of some really wacky ones now that you got this going. Or if you eat all these burgers and somebody's like, hey, you should try this veggie burger. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I know you like chocolate milk. What do you think of chocolate ass cream? <laughs> <laughs> you must really love it. <laughs> what, you don't? What, really? I thought I knew you, man. Chocolate ass cream. And you just know that that's a real thing, too. It's, it's got to be. I'm sure there is. I want to say that was said in the one of the Austin Powers movie movies. I want to say that uh, Seth Green's character, Scotty, Dr. Evil's son, was saying something about wanting some, some chocolate ass cream. And he's like, ice cream? Did he say ice cream? And just kind of like getting under his nerves. Under his nerves? <laughs> get um, under him get and un- then... Under his skin on his yeah, nerves. Get under the nerves... And then sneak attack, you're on him. He's really getting Flip on back my around. skin. It's getting, oh, he's on my skin like a, <laughs> like a chocolate on it. Choose your next words carefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds completely different. Uh, under my skin and on my skin. I just had something that uh, years ago, a friend of mine who uh, worked at the ser- in the service desk, uh, or on the service desk, um, Okay, yeah. There was an old guy that said just a random catchphrase that, like, it sounds like something that he says a lot. And it didn't really apply to the situation. We'd never heard this combination of words together. And then between me and her, we've, uh, it's kind of like between us two are the only ones that we could say that and we know exactly what it is. And I think I put it in my web series as a line, a throwaway line for somebody. But the guy said something along the lines of like, that's something like flies on a rib roast. And it was just like, you know, <laughs> that's... Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there probably, I guess, eventually a fly probably landed on a rib roast sometime in history. Yeah, I thought you were going to go with like, <laughs> where somebody misspoke something like, under under my nerves. No, it's simply like uh here, yeah, I can do I can use a misspoke one, a different friend. Uh fun fact, they're both named Nicole. Um we were filming something and she said it was like killing two stones at once. And she's one of those that like other people have to let her know what she just said until she realized what she just said. And then ever since, that was probably good eight to ten years ago, I'll still, if I ever come up to, with the opportunity to say killing two birds with one stone, I always say killing two stones at once. <laughs> and I, I got yeah. that on audio, uh, video too, because uh, it was an outtake on something, so I've got that clip somewhere of her 
talking about killing two stones at once. Yeah, you got to be careful what what you say. Um, <laughs> like, I won't say because I I can see her being embarrassed of me uh, telling this story. So so I won't say who this was, but okay. someone I know uh, when she was in school. I'm trying to remember the story. Uh, they were talking about candy or whatever, and rather than saying oh boy. Reese's Pieces oh boy. in class, she said Reese's Penis. <laughs> she wanted Reese's oh Penis. Yeah. And that that's... Let me guess, some people heard that? Uh, yeah, I think it some people had heard that. It just didn't sl- slip by and yeah. nobody noticed. <laughs> yeah so um that and i and i can imagine saying that especially at a a school um like it was set in yeah 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 i may have put together and who this was from but uh, i won't say anything yeah, so um but yeah i mean i think that would be bad enough at, at any school yeah, but in that specific setting. Yeah. And just saying those words, I want Reese's penis. <laughs> My first question was, was there a kid in your class named Reese? <laughs> Present. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made it just a little bit more awkward. <laughs> Both of you to Everybody. the office. What did I do? <laughs> Um, I may have said this here not on a pod but maybe to you uh, or somebody that I know that in a in a Christmas setting uh, um, a a Christmas gathering uh, presents were being unwrapped and uh, there was somebody who was at that uh, party when I was I was young I was probably in my you know I was probably 8 to 10 or something in that range and she got very excited when she got this uh, Fuddruckers gift card. Yeah, I although, can guess where this one's going. Although, and this is before the actor probably was famous, but uh, that we knew him as Paul Rudd, but uh, just because out of excitement and out of just uh, accidentally, you know, shifting around some words, switching up some letters, um, she yelled out like, like yes, <laughs> Rudd fuckers, because <laughs> people are like, "Oh, what'd you get? Oh, Rudd fuckers!" And it was one of those things that—that's something to get excited about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember it like hearing it as a little kid and just knowing, like, "Oh, you just said like a naughty word," you know. I heard you, and it would be twenty plus years later. Twenty years later, I uh, brought that up and. And she was horrified that I had remember, like that I heard that, and I was young enough that I remembered it and everything. And then I jokingly said, "I'm like, that's where I learned the word. I'm like, that's where I first heard it." But like, she was like, yeah, she's a little embarrassed and laughed along with it too. That you know, she probably, I, I guarantee, like almost maybe one other person in that room probably remembered that and would just bring it up. But whenever I see Fuddruckers, you know, I always think of that moment, so. So Reese's Pete, see, I can't even say it wrong. 
It's a Reese's penis moment, so. Now, if this person and the <laughs> other person was in that room together, oh, and boy. you got the chance to use the uh, the rug fuckers, you could then say that you killed two stones at once. At once. <laughs> and that would just be like flies on a rib roast. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of thinking rib roast isn't something I'd want to get. Do they come with flies on them? You, you ordered it. It was it rib, rib roast. Um, um, sounds like something you could order over at the Braising Pan or something like that, but I don't think they'd serve it with the flies. No. Maybe it's not authentic then. So yeah, I don't know if just... Uh... I I have no clue. It was so long ago and we still don't know, but it was one of those where I was called up front right away and she had to, after the gentleman had left, that she had to share that phrase that he said. And and I'm like, kind of like what I do now where I'm like, oh, I'm I'm saving that. I'm writing that. I'm using that somewhere. And I did put it in the web series. Rude roast. They serve that at uh, Rudd (laughs) Fuckers. No, they serve a rib roast there. See what I did? I just switched the letters around and rib roast. Ah. I switched the so R. Rib roast. You said rib roast. Yeah, so you get it? Yeah. You got to be careful in public now because now you're going to be thinking ah. that the next time you say rib roast, it's going to yeah. come out rib roast. Really going to make a chocolate ass of myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> ah. You know, it goes good with uh, chocolate ass cream is peanut butter. Mm. You know, like the kind you get in the Reese's penis. <laughs> mean peanut butter? <laughs> yes. Some kind of butter. Yeah. Anyways. It's funny saying all this stuff and then they're just like, oh, we've seen that Barbie comic. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, we're having this discussion in front of the all-ages, you know, rack. <laughs> the kid stuff. Gumby and My Little Pony and Barbie and Incredibles, Mickey Mouse, Swans in Space. Yeah. What was that? Put the other pizza in the fridge. Perfect. I'll have to start recording podcasts on Thursdays too, and we'll have you know conversations while eating leftovers. The other half of the conversation. This week was the closest I got to kind of like taking a lot of those off the pile there, but uh, this week was a little, little shorter for me. It was only like 21, 22 issues, and uh, so I'm hoping to uh, 
finally get caught up because I always, from Wednesday to at least Saturday or Sunday at the latest, get through my 20 to 25 new books or whatever, and then I can spend the Sunday through the Tuesday to uh, go into back issue stuff or catch up on shows or something, but struggles real as I try to... <laughs> Yeah, you gotta find extra time to get caught up, or you just get further and further behind. Plus, then I squeezed in, you know, what is it, six or seven volumes of the uh, Alan Moore Swamp thing that I'm currently reading as well. So, so essentially, I would for be... any special reason, or you just uh, no, just uh, Aladdin's coming out. Prepare yourself for. Uh... For uh, the third episode. <laughs> yes, episode three, because I loved episode two. It was great. Uh, but yeah, then I was going to rewatch the first two Swamp Thing movies and then dive into some of the... I might have the... Or not the animated series, but the live-action series. I might have that playing in the background while I read the Swamp Thing, just because... Mm -hmm. I remember watching some of those and them being a, a little harder to sit through, but well, a lot of them you don't uh, you don't really get a lot of swamp thing. Yeah, TV budgets and all. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that that show I think was probably where I. That in the animated series is probably where I started with the character, just knowing who he was and everything. And I'm sure I saw the movies down the road, but it was probably the TV shows that I probably came across first. Honestly, I'm not sure if I've seen the movies or not. If I did, it was a long, long time ago. There's one clip that I save in my favorites uh, folder. Sometimes I'll use it as a response. You know, sometimes people give an emoji thumbs up and things like that. And I just recorded a short video of this. Even though I could use the, the GIF online pretty easily, I, uh, I think it's better that I've got, uh, that it's just me recording it off my TV and, um, here it is. It was a great moment in the second movie, Return of Swamp Thing, where uh, he saves a couple kids and they're all excited and he uh, does this. <laughs> Turns to the camera, just gives this very, like, after school special thumbs up, like. And that's the movie, so... Um, interestingly <laughs> enough, I think that the TV show costume is better than the movie. Yeah. Well, this is the second one, at least, so, uh, from the second film. So maybe I, I would have to check back in later when I revisit the films on what the first... Being the same actor, I mean, it looks the same, but this one... I mean, he's wearing, like, a, a costume made of leaves, you know. <laughs> he's got, like, a leaf hood over his green painted face. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, there's the kid actors in the second one are so bad. It's hilarious, and it's just yeah. Heather Locklear's in the second one. That's a uh, she's awesome. Yeah. And does she play um I can't think of a character's name from the comics. Abby? I think so. Is that, is that what she is now? I would assume so. I Yeah, because I think they recreated the uh Do they do the really weird uh love scene? Like from the Alan Moore issues? Where suddenly like but the filmmaker e- was tripping. Where she's eating his fruit or something? Is that what you're going something at? Something like that, yeah. Um, it had been a while since I've seen him, so I'm going to have to report back on uh, on that as well. So, Yeah, that was 1989 was the sequel. They're locked. Yeah, she Is was, that like one of her biggest she roles, was happy. probably? Uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm actually trying to think. Because she would later... What is Heather Locklear actually known for? She would later be on Spin City. I think she got a lot of credit for that. Right, but I mean, she but, was she was a, a name before then. Yeah. She was a name before because she did a stint on like Melville's Place or something too, didn't she? Yeah. And, I'll, but I'll but I mean, answers. she was known before all that. And I'm trying to think of what... what Melrose Place, she Dynasty, T.J. You know, Hooker. You know what? I remember her from T.J. Hooker. Okay. I wasn't a Dynasty watcher, um, but you know what? That's probably where she's known for because Dynasty was a big thing, and a lot of names were made there. Um, let's go into her filmography here, as I have to. Click off and add a bright burn that popped up. It's only in theaters. It says. Her first gig. What nineteen is a quiz here? What nineteen eighties television program did Heather Locklear make her debut on as teenager <laughs> in the year nineteen eighty? In the year nineteen eighty. And I can give one clue. So it could be a couple, couple uh, answers to fit the clue. Yeah, I'm gonna say I have no idea right now. It's a cop show, but it's the '80s. Cop show. There's about fifty <laughs> right. cop shows. Yeah. Everything was a cop show in the '80s. Um, <laughs> you used to sell them here. So it's it's technically a true statement, but it's a little off. <laughs> I'm probably more confused <laughs> after your clue. Wait, we used to sell them. Yep. We used to sell these here, <laughs> but we don't anymore. It is something that you tried that didn't work. Well, it, you you decided that it wasn't worth it, so. You weren't sell. You weren't moving anything. <laughs> well, that cop that, show. That's a few cop show. 
She is not known from this, by the way. That was just her plan. So something that we sold here <laughs> wasn't really working out. We don't sell anymore. Like I said, I'll make. And I'm glad it's a it's a stumper that it wasn't given away. I, I know. And it's I more got, of a riddle. This maybe is, this is one of those things where I'm going to feel really stupid for not getting this one right away. I would say it's it's closer to a riddle than like. So now I'm going. What what did we sell? Or did we tried selling? <laughs> And that we don't sell anymore. It wasn't really working out. Uh, uh, well, the rookie's a new show, so you're not talking about baseball cards. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was an item that uh, that was up at the front desk that uh, it just it gave it a shot. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Okay. So, what show did she play a teenager in? She was a teenager on Chips. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Like I said, it was more of a riddle. Yeah, right. Because it kind of, yeah. yeah. And, and you didn't sell thinking, anything cop show related like that. Yeah, I, I wasn't even thinking about yeah. any kind of food products. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, poster. There was no cop show called Posters. There's... <laughs> She was on 240 Robert, 240 Robert, which is no, looks like another cop show. She played Jean. Oh, she had a name. She was Ingrid on Eight is Enough for one episode. She was Heather, uncredited, for Return of the Beverly Hillbillies, the TV movie. She was uh, in Twirl, the movie. Matt Houston. Is that what it's called, Twirl, the movie? Uh, just Twirl. <laughs> Matt Houston. Uh, she was on Fantasy Island for an episode. Two episodes of The Fall Guy. Tales of the Unexpected. Hotel. The Love Boat. 1983. Firestarter. City oh, Killer. I'm not trying to think. Who was, who was, the, uh, who was the, the actress that was on The Fall Guy regularly? She was a blonde-haired girl. Because a lot of times I will think, oh, Fall Guy, yeah. Uh, Heather Locklear, Fallgate. But there's another Heather. There's a, but there was Leah Majors, Heather Thomas. Heather Thomas. Okay, that's because that that's one that I always think Heather Locklear, but it's not Heather Locklear. Heather Thomas. Okay, just a different blonde Heather. It was another Heather, who probably got her start in the movie Heather's as a teenager. In a probably, um, T.J. Hooker, uh, Dynasty, which. Yeah, she had 127 episodes of Dynasty. She was credited in Abby and Return of the Swamp Thing. After that, oh, there was a Dynasty reunion in 91. Batman the Animated Series. She played Lisa Clark slash woman. Oh. Wayne's okay. World 2. That's right. She played Heather Locklear in Wayne's World 2. That was uh, that was a real stretch for her. <laughs> First Wives Club, Money Talks. So out of those, it, was, it probably was probably was Dynasty. Although you read off T.J. Hooker first, so it's possible that it was that because I mean a lot of people knew T.J. Hooker. It's got 199 episodes on Melrose Place. Played Heather Locklear in the Drew Carey Show. 
Spin City. She did 71 episodes of that. I think that was kind of her return revival. Like, I'm back. Scrubs for two episodes. She was in Looney Tunes back in action. She played Dusty Tales. Well, she's she's done a lot, so having something that was like kind of her comeback or whatever, it's like, was, was she actually done? There's a lot of actors and actresses that you think haven't done anything and they disappeared. And then when you look them up, you realize that they worked nonstop and, and did several projects, you know, each year. It's just stuff that you didn't see or it was uh, such a small role you forgot that they were in it or... Like a Robert Never. Pattinson, you know, like, where'd he go after Twilight? Well, he kept working just in movies he didn't see. Well, what? even in Twilight would be a movie I didn't see. <laughs> uh, actually, I think I watched part of the first one because I think uh, Tammy was watching it. She started reading the books. I think she liked the first one and said that they just went downhill. Like, each one got progressively okay. worse as it went. So I think she uh, liked the first book. First one I liked a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah. The second book took me a long time to read, and then watching the movie, I almost kind of felt that too. And but then the third, I like the third one, the Eclipse. I want to say so the fourth one is uh, um, something. She returned for Melrose Place, the sequel series starring some young, younger kids, but she did uh, eight episodes of that to return. Out of what, about eight episodes? <laughs> uh, I, don't, says, I don't think that revival. It says 2009 one. to 2010, so that was probably at least uh, 12 to 22. Probably started uh, late September, so was, early October. Uh, it was on like about four episodes and then took the winter break. <laughs> And came back for a couple episodes Probably in uh, late January. She did a healthy 10 episodes on Franklin and Bash. And the most recent thing, two years ago, Too Close to Home, a TV series. She played First Lady Caitlin Christian. I don't know what that is. Uh, Doesn't sound like either. a... I don't know if it's a fake, like a... Uh, yeah, fictional. I'm pretty sure that's a fictional yeah, first lady. Because the Christian is something that... Uh... But anyways, she was also in 1989's Return of Swamp Thing. <laughs> and then she was in that... Uh, uh, that one advertisement for not, uh, not drinking. No, she's one of those people that have the... Uh, the infamous uh, mugshot. I think she did. Uh, what did oh, she she sure. did a DUI or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think she went through, you know, kind of a, a bad era in there. Had a rough patch. I think it's around the time that she uh, she was married to Richie Sambora from uh, Bon Jovi. Split up with him. I think that's around the time she was really having a kind of a rough patch in there.
But uh, but yeah, she uh, she was swamped. So who was in the first swamp? <laughs> that was the because Adrian. Uh, what's her name? Someone who was in the new series. They I don't I didn't read into. I can't pronounce her last name, so I have to. Uh, Rodney says it right off the tongue, so he knows what's up. Adrian Barboa. I know that That's name. It. Know the name? I'm having problems uh, picturing her. She was in. Well, she I'm started gonna... out as teenager in. Well, that would be an interesting. I'm on her IMDb here, so uh, probably not going to be too far off from finding out. Uh, Click off of the uh, Brightburn ad here to see the full page. I shouldn't have said I wanted to see it because now they just keep telling me to buy my tickets. So I have yet to decide if I was going to see. So I figured if I saw Aladdin on the like 6 p.m. Thursday opening, it's probably going to be a very family, kid-heavy like audience. Opposed to if I just saw it on Friday afternoon, like caught it early enough yeah. and I figured seeing the horror movie on the opening night set the mood of a night thing you know getting out of the getting out of the theater and it's night and kind of add to the right. you want to see a good horror movie at night to really prepare you for the horror of seeing <laughs> a movie with a bunch of kids yeah exactly um Adrian's First movie, TV movie, 1976, The Great Houdini. She played Daisy White. You know, uh wasn't too far off then because I was going to joke that she was in some cop show in like 77. So, so 76. She was also on The Love Boat. The Fog, 1980. Escape from New York. Okay, okay. Cannonball Run. All right, now the cannonball room. Now, once once you said that, I I know who she is. Swamp Thing. She played Alice Cable. Creep Show. The Thing. Oh, she played computer. Uh, parentheses voice, comma uncredited. Fantasy Island. So they uh, dropped the swamp and just went thing. I'm guessing everybody was on Fantasy Island. I think so. If you're acting in the eighties, you were in there. Looks like that series wrapped up just by the time I was born. So, yeah. Well, back then, uh, being on an episode of Fantasy Island for uh, any kind of star was like being on an episode of like Entertainment Tonight. <laughs> yeah, she's in Rodney Dangerfield's Back to School. Murder She Wrote. She did two episodes on there. She was Mrs. Campbell on the Real Ghostbusters for an episode. Episode of Head in the Head of the Class. Kind of going through, seeing if there's any eye-catching things. We're in the mid '90s. Babylon Five, one episode. 
Thanks for listening to Under the Call, where we summarize Internet oh. Movie Database. <laughs> Here's actually a very interesting one. She was also in Batman the Animated Series. But for eight episodes... Yes, a character named Woman. <laughs> eight episodes, she played Selena Kyle, oh. slash Catwoman, slash, she also voiced Martha Wayne. She voiced Martha Wayne. You know, I've I've heard that sometimes guys look for somebody that remind them of their mothers. <laughs> Turns out with her it was the voice. Yeah, it's funny because you read it, it just says Selena Kyle slash Catwoman slash Martha Wayne, which makes it sound like all three are the same person because you see Selena Kyle Catwoman, who is also Martha Wayne. <laughs> Surprise, Batman. I'm your mother. This is how I met your mother. She came back as Catwoman in the new Batman Adventures for two episodes. Now we're crossing into the 2000s. She returned in Batman Beyond for an episode, but as singer. Episode of Sabrina. Gotham Girls. She played Catwoman slash Selena Kyle slash Detective Renee Montoya. 20 episodes in Gotham Girls. I don't even know what that is. Hmm. TV series 2000 to 2002, Gotham Girls. That's not Gossip Girl, but that's not it. It's a different thing. She was in The Santa Trap. She played Alice, parentheses, homeless woman. The Drew Carey Show, she had six episodes on there. Was she in the same episode as Heather Locklear? <laughs> yeah, some of the shows they've been in the... Yeah, they've... Swamp they've Things... Been on, so. Swamp Things ladies. Here we go. She's then in, in 2009, Batman Arkham Asylum, the video game. It's like another uh, TV show all by itself. It's not Charlie's Angels, it's Swamp Things Ladies. <laughs> Gretchen Whistler, Whistler and so looks like she lost the role of Catwoman, but continue to go back to the Batman series. Lots of one episode. The Dog Who Saved Christmas. She played Mildred. Ah, oh, General Hospital. Suzanne Stanwood for 66 episodes. So it's a pretty healthy run later on in the career, but I guess for a for a soap opera, for a soap that's opera. probably not very good. <laughs> actually, actually. Yeah, you know, it's five yeah, she days must have, a week for. She must have been fired pretty quick. <laughs> she was in the Mad Max video game, and she played Pink Eye. <laughs> and she did some stuff last year. Doing some more. Video game, Fallout 76. A lot of things I haven't heard of, but she's continually... And there we go, Swamp Things TV series. She plays Dr. Palomar. But hey, that's pretty cool that they brought her in. And looks like, you know, Heather Locklear was only two years ago when she had a credit for something, so... Well, maybe she'll come back uh, and do some sort of a guest uh, swamp thing. There we go. She could play teenager. 
<laughs> woman. <laughs> Teenagers, woman. Formerly, formerly teenager. <laughs> well, but anyways, I'm excited for Swamp Thing. I recently just, in my reread, got to, I want to say it's issue 34 or 35, which is probably my favorite issue. Uh, that is the uh, the big <laughs> the big love issue with the eating of the fruit and <laughs> the real trippy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right of spring, if I remember the title correctly. It's like yeah, she eat, eats some weird swamp thing fruit, and next yep. thing you know, they're in that one mm-hmm. part of. Uh, Santa Claus is coming to town where the teacher's singing. <laughs> Which every year we watch that now for Christmas. So it's like, it reminds me of the what thing. drugs were these people on when they made this stuff? Because clearly they were. Turns out they weren't on drugs. They were just watching the Star Wars holiday special. Which in itself is a drug. Yep. We uh, we have a problem here. I mean, we, we have a problem in that we only watch it once a year. Yeah, it should really be a like a Fourth of July screening. Well, it's a holiday special. It doesn't specify true, which holiday. True. I mean, there's a specific holiday within in the the movie, but the title of it's right. The title is Star Wars holiday special. So, with being uh, closed on Memorial Day, yeah, we were gonna... closed on Memorial Day and weren't able to watch it then because this. Is uh, now after Memorial Day. Um, <laughs> well, hopefully, this will air before the 4th of July. So, I mean, yeah, maybe. There's some things going on in there that are like fireworks. There might be some fireworks in there, too. Well, if we can't remember clearly, it's because we haven't watched it enough. And now we'll have to do that like a 4th of July uh, holiday special. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd rather do that than. The fireworks, because yeah, it's there are some good fireworks shows out there, but even the really good fireworks shows, you're still essentially just looking up and watching the same fireworks that you've seen every year, decade after decade, forever. Um, what makes them good versus bad is how quickly they set them off. I mean, if you're getting explosion after explosion, then uh, then it makes it a little bit more exciting. But if you're watching one of those displays where it's like, oh, there's one, and then you're uh, falling asleep or losing interest, and then, oh, there's, there's another one. And then after about uh, three to five of those, then you hear something and you realize, oh, no, it's the ground display, but you're too far back and you can't see it. They always try to fake you out with the grand finale because everybody waits for the grand finale so they'll do the, like the little <laughs> mini grand finale fake out yeah and everybody's oh and you'll see a few people getting up it's like <laughs> the people at like a a marvel movie yeah, that yeah. don't know to stick around for the, <laughs> the post credit scene uh, and uh yeah those few that start getting up they start packing up and Said, oh, wait, there's more. Oh, huh. I wasn't anticipating that. I must have forgot they did it for the last you know 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's still, I don't know. 
See, I don't know if they, because you know, often you can just see it on YouTube or something, you know. But I don't know. For some reason, I videotaped several years of it, so I mean, I could just watch those. Uh, I think what I thought about doing is just editing them all together and playing them at a sped up. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Fourth of July montage. Sure. That fireworks. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. It is, and I suppose it's, it's uh, about time. Just about time. I never did get that uh, Domino's email. No. No. You didn't really join. It's got a weird worded headline for uh, from a Hulu email. Say goodbye to your free time with Hulu. Did you realize that you had some free time with Hulu? I'm guessing it just like means say goodbye to your free time by watching oh, Hulu. Okay. Yeah. But like when I first read it, it's just like say to get, say goodbye to your free time with Hulu. But like have I've to been pay paying for it this whole time. But to spend your free time doing what you really want. Watching great TV and movies from Hulu. Nashville. White Hot Holidays, whatever that is. Uh, Drake and Josh. Okay, I'm still waiting for you to <laughs> say something. They had a bunch of other <laughs> things that weren't worthy of mentioning. But Hulu does have a lot of great stuff they've been getting. I think they've really upped their... But do they have Game of Thrones? Because I have to watch now that it's over. <laughs> Just so you can get angry at the very end. Now, I was wondering if we could talk, because I'm sure you heard. We're just... Were people getting... I mean, I've heard something indicating that they were, but... Well, much like the Return of the... Uh, or the Last Jedi, um, a petition that gained lots of signatures to remake Season 8 of Game of Thrones. I, I can't heard that, but I think I heard that before they even played the last episode. Because yeah, they were, were upset saying, with that penultimate episode. A uh, buddy of mine, the milk driver, he's a big fan of it. Like I say I'm a casual Game of Thrones fan. I was watching it for the character, mostly. But this person, you know, is a big-time fan and rewatched it a lot and everything. He had said that if they would have played these last two episodes back-to-back, which would have been like two and a half, three hours long, um, just played it as a movie feature, There'd probably be less outrage because there's so much in that episode five penultimate episode that let people sit for a week to be pissed off and react and everything. But if they would have, if you would have just viewed it in an ongoing thing, it would have probably simmered some of the uh, yeah the outrage. I had heard people were saying stuff like you know they just. Didn't know what to do because they were out of material, out of source material. But uh, I read it sounds like they actually did have access to uh, what's his name, uh, George R. R. Martin. Yeah, Tolkien. <laughs> uh, but uh, they did have notes to the, what he's working on. Yeah, for what may or may not be the last book. Without spoilers, they based you know they did things that characters went in different directions that fans right, and it sounds like one character in particular like did a complete like one one eighty. I'm not gonna screw up and say three sixty like a lot of people did. 
She did a complete 360. Um, he did a complete 360. They did a complete 360. It wound up exactly where they <laughs> went. Wait, 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 it's the right thing where it started. Um, but, uh, but a character kind of did something like suddenly that was completely out of character for that character. There's one character, if it's the character I think you're talking about, it's this he or she character that had a bunch of stuff that happened to him or her in the last, like, three episodes leading up to it. And, you know, some very crazy things happened with this character. But you look back at all the, basically all the shit that this person dealt with and pretty much just got unhinged and went wild. And... And did some things that people felt was out of character for that character. I've always said that I've known people for the longest time, and then later in life find out that they're jerks or assholes or, you know, something that I thought was out of character from what I've known them for some time, so... Yeah, but we've known each other for a couple years, so you're finally getting fun. Yeah, no. Now I know your true self, because you did a complete 360 right Yes! Thank you for listening to Under the Cowl. I've been your host, David Lloyd. Under the Cowl is recorded live at Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles at 1749 Barton Avenue, West Bend, Wisconsin. You can join us live each week or listen on Automatic and iTunes. Like us on Facebook at Crimson Cowl Comics or on Twitter at The Crimson Cowl.